0: And we're back. Welcome back to the Auto Authorities Podcast. My name is Jay and Gerald coming to you live. We have a special guest for part two. Who is our special guest? It's Bob Clueby with Enterprise Accounting. And we are going to be talking about taxes, not boring stuff, but the stuff that can make you a smarter consumer. Are you ready to do this, Mr. Gerald? Sure. Let's go. Let's go. Have you ever felt like you were taken for a ride while buying, selling, or repairing your car? Well, not anymore. I'm Jay, and this is the podcast to tell you what to watch out for, whether you are buying, selling, or repairing your car. With over 26 years of automotive experience, we are the Auto Authorities. This podcast is sponsored by iAutoAgent.com. We're real estate agents for cars. Booyah, welcome back to the Auto Authorities Podcast. I am Jay. This is Gerald coming to you live for part two of Taxes, Everything Taxes. Not boring stuff, but stuff to make you a smarter consumer because we have Bob Kluge of Enterprise Accounting for part two. And he wowed us with part one, but wait for you to hear part two. But before we get going, I want to thank our sponsors iAutoAgent.com. I Auto Agent, real estate agents for cars. They help individuals sell their vehicle at no cost, marketing, listing, showing the vehicle, meeting those strange people that you don't want to meet, and helping buy those vehicles nationwide. And the second division is the fleet management program, where we help businesses with fleets sell their vehicles as a strategic partner, helping them find optimal times to buy and sell those vehicles and handle those tedious tasks. That the business owners shouldn't do, and we have Gerald Bentley with Dealership Rescue and Wrestling with Sales, and I'll let him tell you a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, you can go search on YouTube, look at the Wrestling with Sales channel. Have interviews with pro wrestlers, have interviews with car sales management, have interviews with vendors. All brought to you by our friends with Montway Auto Transport. They're working on helping you ship cars from your dealership to your customers. And from the auction directly to the dealership you can visit them at www.montway.com forward slash ws for wrestling with sales and get
0: all the details on that all right thanks gerald uh before uh, before we get going here if you are just joining us and you want to watch us live on the facebook group page you just click the join group button and then you can watch us live on tuesday at 12 p.m central time And we're also on LinkedIn, too. And if you just want to watch us, but you can't watch us live, go to the YouTube page of the Auto Authorities. It is absolutely amazing how many people are watching our podcast every single week. And they're leaving comments. And they're asking questions. And they're learning. And in a fun way. And then if you can't watch us, you can listen to us on your way to work. We have 19 different channels worldwide. Let's start with iTunes, iTunes. Uh, Google Podcasts, Pandora. There's so many more. You could even go to our website, theautoauthorities.com. You can leave us questions, and we will personally answer them for you. And man almighty, I am ready to go. We're going to meet Bob Kluge for part two. Bob with Enterprise Accounting. Real quick, just give us a quick background for those of you that didn't hear about Bob's background. Bob, welcome.
2: Thank you, Jay, and thank you for uh, allowing me to be here today. Um, I'm an accountant that is not like every other accountant you probably know. Uh, For the last 40 years, I've been working with entrepreneurial business owners to help them reach their goals. Uh, We operate outside the box and helping them understand their numbers, helping them understand where their business is going, and uh, just help them reach their goals. Uh, we also like working with those individuals that we can help make a difference in their tax liability and help them individually reach their goals as well, so typically uh, people that have retirement complicated situations or some complicated maybe family situations uh, with family businesses or outside investments. So get to do a lot of interesting things and have a lot of fun doing it and meanwhile helping people reach their goals.
0: Welcome, welcome Bob. Thank you so much. I've known Bob a really, really long time. we're gonna have we're gonna talk about a very, very special thing. so tune in to the end of it's an amazing story uh, that I'm gonna share with you that has something to do with Bob and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, so before we get going here, Gerald and I Bob have been talking a lot about buying and leasing and it just really seems terrible to lease vehicles now. but in your mind from a tax standpoint, let's say, Let's talk about individuals and business owners. Is it better to buy or lease?
2: Well, we can go with the easy one first. From the individual point, there is no difference from a tax perspective of buying or leasing a vehicle. So on an individual owner, John Doe, it comes down to economics. What is the better deal? What is the better residual value? What is your cash flow? All those all those economic questions that come into play on buying versus leasing, there is absolutely zero tax difference. You cannot deduct the interest on a car. You don't get any other special benefits by buying or leasing a car. Uh, the exception to that would be a little bit about what we talked in in episode one, which would be the electric vehicle credits. Uh, but in that episode, Gerald also kind of enlightened us that there are some lease, you know, for EVs that are giving, you know, additional money back for Mm -hmm. having a lease versus a purchase. So individually wise, no difference. From a business point, it's much more complicated and it's really a facts and circumstances question. So on a lease basis, The tax perspective is you get to deduct an entire lease payment, less any personal use at the time you pay the lease payment. On the purchase of a vehicle, you really have three choices now. You have standard depreciation, which has some limits on it, how much you can depreciate in any given year. You have bonus depreciation, which means you can write off 80% of the cost of that vehicle in year one. And then the remainder of over standard depreciation. And then you have section 179, which again has some limits, but they're higher than the standard limits. And the question is, is how do these choices fit your business situation? Is that dollar depreciation more valuable in the year you purchase the car? Or later on, is your income going to be going up, that you're going to be in a higher bracket? Are you going to be turning these vehicles over quickly? Are you going to be holding on to them for five, seven, ten years in a, as in a commercial vehicle? So it's really a very much facts and circumstances, but you need to be having that discussion with your tax professional to understand how that choice fits in with your, you know, your overall business planning to reach your goals. And I will say one of my personal pet peeves is someone that has come in and said, Well, my accountant told me to buy these three vehicles in December last year. I don't yeah. know why, and they're sitting on the parking lot. But, you know, he said it would help me in my taxes for last year. And I hate that because that's just a great example of short sighted decision making that theoretically is great because you've saved money in taxes but I can tell you if you spend $100,000 on vehicles to save $35,000 in taxes, even at the highest brackets, you're still about $65,000. And um, I don't know about you, but I can have a whole lot of fun with 65,000 bucks. Yeah. So, you know, it's really, you have to look at the facts and circumstances for businesses to understand whether buying versus leasing is the better answer And once buying becomes the right answer economically, you have to decide what tax perspective you're going to use, what planning you're going to use in order to take the deduction for those vehicles.
0: Wow, very, very interesting stuff. I want to hop right into section 179. And for those of you that don't know what that is, there are deductions that you can get based on the gross vehicle weight rating on on a vehicle, tell us tell Gerald and I a little bit more about how that works, and does it does it apply only for business owners or does it apply for individuals as well?
2: okay, so first of all, it doesn't apply to individuals, so we can we can take that part off the table so it's business owners only. Okay. So if you buy a vehicle at more than 6,000 pounds gross vehicle weight, uh, and think of your big SUVs, typically are the ones that are coming in, or your very heavy luxury cars, you can take the section 179, which is just a fancy code section to tell you that you can write off the entire cost of that vehicle in the year you purchase it. Assuming you're using it 100% for business, everybody wants to ignore that little detail. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, well.
2: and the same thing applies, though, is that if that vehicle's that heavy, is you can use the bonus depreciation, which has been what everybody's been using the last few years, because it, up to the 2023, it was 100% bonus depreciation, but now they're stepping that out. And for 2023, we're down to 80% bonus depreciation, but still a very hefty choice. Uh, And again, it has to tie in with your overall picture, but it's just another way to get a large deduction in the year you purchase those type of vehicles that weigh that much. Hmm.
0: Can I ask you a question? So. If you purchase that, let's say you are a business owner, you purchase that, you can write it all off year one, does that mean that you could just sell that vehicle the next year and do the same thing again?
2: Well, you can, but the problem is, is now your what they call basis in that vehicle is zero. So let's say you buy the vehicle for $40,000 year one, you write off $40,000. You sell it year two, For $35,000, well, you have a $35,000 taxable income from the sale of it because you wrote it all off the year before. That $35,000 isn't tax free. Now you can go out and buy a new one for $40,000 and write it off again, but you kind of get it on treadmill and you look at that example, and really you're only gonna get the difference between the sales price and the new purchase price as a deduction in year two.
0: Oh,
2: I get it.
1: Hmm. Hmm. So there's your four or five year turn.
2: Yeah. So that, That's yeah, where you, you want know, the amount you, to go down. You watch the amounts go down. And, you, you know, how does it fit in the picture? Is that the right decision for you for your business? Is that the right decision towards your goals? Those are the questions that you've got you know, got to have understanding before you make that decision to do it and don't think that uncle Sam hasn't thought of how to beat the system and written the rules so that, uh, it makes it much harder to do so.
0: In your mind, so I mean, I got so many questions. So, so let me ask you this. So I had a BMW lease and it just came off off lease and I'm paying only $438 a month. If I were to go replace that right now to lease a vehicle, it's $800 a month. I am not kidding. So I basically chose to buy that vehicle and I'm financing it under I Auto Agent's name. My wife drives the vehicle. And then basically my payment, because at $599 was the rate that we got. I took it at 72 month to for cash flow. So I'm like at 496 a month, that's including my taxes. I think i made a smart move. Because why would I go lease another vehicle at $800 a month unless there was some big tax benefit to do that. So I'm paying 496 a month. I have a car with only 20,000 miles, and I couldn't replace that car. That car's worth over $30,000 because this guy right here knows a little bit of something about getting good deals. So uh that deal doesn't exist anymore though. I mean it really is. It's an 800 a month payment. So did I make this did I make a smart move or did I did I not? And so I let, guess let, let's, write that off?
2: Let's let's break it down into a couple different components. Overall economically you made a smart move. You bought something for $20,000 that was worth $30,000. So mm-hmm. that's that's the first part. Now you can take a deduction for that $20,000 either in the year of purchase or over time, assuming you use it 100% for business.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's, that's good. You know, 5.99 financing, not too bad in today's world. Uh, but, you know, the question is again, what's the best economic decision? So, was a five year old vehicle with 20,000 miles on it a good economic decision? probably so Uh, and you know you you can fit it into your budget at that number. Uh, I can tell you that there's a whole lot of people going into shock as they try to trade out of their vehicles or houses and because of the change in interest rates payments even on the same value of vehicle are dramatically higher. So you're, you're seeing a lot of sticker shock uh, both from what things cost because they're not the same cost anymore, but then you compound it by the change in interest rates, and you're going to see a whole lot of effects on the marketplace. And people shopping in the used vehicle market are, you know, holding onto their vehicles a longer time and needing repairs, needing you know maintenance on them to keep the value of them up and keep them in the operating conditions. Cool.
0: Thank you for sharing that. Gerald, what questions do you have? Because yeah. I have a final question I want to ask well, in a second. I think the big thing is, like you just
1: said, the amount of the payment. Because that's a really important factor. Because that's what you're paying usually. And I don't know if you've been looking, but nationally now, almost 20% of car payments are over $1,000. Yeah, Which is astonishing to me. I've, I've been in car sales since 02 and the only time you saw a $1000 on a credit app was a mortgage. Now <laughs> it's relatively common. Yeah. 15% sorry, 15% of new car deals in Missouri this year have payments over $1000 a month.
2: But when you're it's looking at, you really know, a $50,000 price tag for mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. a not a ridiculous vehicle, mm-hmm. You're not talking um, a Bentley average car or car now
1: is almost 50 grand. Yep.
2: You know, so it's, it's hard at 60 months in current interest rates to keep that payment under $1,000 a month. Sure. And it's hard for people to necessarily afford that. So it's going to be making a whole lot of interesting choices uh, as people move forward here.
1: Yeah. yeah. Is there a general rule that you recommend to business owners? Hey, keep your car expenses around here.
2: Oh, do, that, do that, that's that that really that's, that's hard person. because let's let's talk about a couple different options. So, you know, I have my HVAC guy and he's got these nice commercial vehicles. They're running around. They're mm-hmm. putting thousands of miles on per month. You know, his vehicle expense number is going to be much higher than my uh, company that has a salesperson alone. That, you know, is out, you know, couple days a week, you know, making sales calls, et cetera. So it's, it's hard to generalize a number for a range of businesses, but any individual industry, typically you can find good statistics to tell you what your budget for that type of expense and many other expenses should be so that you know that you're in range. And you're doing things right, whether it's from the government or it's from industry statistics.
0: Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, Bob, I get it. So I, I have a story to share. So Bob and uh, his team, they were talking about the employee retention credit. And we're hearing all about this. And I, I'm going to share some golden nuggets today myself because There are tons of scams out there with these employee retention credits. I am contacted multiple times every single week saying, oh, we can get you all this money, blah, blah, blah. There are so many scams out there. And I'll never forget. And and this was back in 2021. I had um, Bob and his team look at my situation. And there's certain criteria that you have to meet in order to qualify for this. But I really didn't think I qualified for it. Well, he looked to his team and he figured out I do qualify for it. And it was a large sum of money that I was going to get. And I was really, really, really excited about it. So what I wanted to do today was bring it to our listening audience or the, or the audience that's watching us and learn more about the employee tension credit. I'm assuming it's still going on. Is that right, Bob?
2: Yeah, so the employee retention credit is in two parts starts to expire in April of 24 for your 2020 uh, opportunity and April of 25 for your 2021 opportunity. But I will say there are now rumblings in Congress because of all the scam artists out there of terminating that opportunity earlier. So today there has not been anything introduced to formally do that. But when there's smoke, there's typically fire when it talks to Congress and if they can get a budget credit by eliminating this early and use that sure. to fund something else, I can see this happening. So we're encouraging people uh, to you know, inquire and talk with us about whether they qualify or not. Uh, we have done over 300 companies uh, so far, credits for that, and gotten close to $50 million back for people. Uh, over the last two years and it's you know people that we've done business with like UJ you know uh, and have relationships with are people that have just been referred to us by either clients or opportunities like this we'd be happy to sit down with them have that discussion about the realities of whether they qualify or not and if they do we'll be happy to work with them if they don't, I you know view it as a 30-minute investment in a new friend, and they can then ignore those calls that are coming from the scam artist, uh, and the uh, you know, mail that they're getting, and the emails that they're getting, and all the different ways they're reaching out to you to try and convince you to do this. But either way, do use a qualified professional. Do not use one of the ERC mills to do it. If, if you're, you're asking for trouble there.
0: It is so true. I I'm I it's always there's always some type of scam when there's a good thing out there, somebody figures out a way to screw things up for everybody else. And truly like I will say I've been super happy with Enterprise Accounting and what they've done for me and my company and I will not hesitate to refer anybody to them to to go get some free money. That's what really what it is.
2: Well, it, it's an opportunity to be rewarded for keeping people on your payroll during the pandemic. Yeah. So, you know, if you had W-2 employees in 2020 or 2021, you can get this credit and it, it it can be significant. It can be very significant. And the part that brings me the most joy is when I hear what business owners have done with their refunds mm-hmm. and how that has allowed them to either keep their businesses open, has mm-hmm. allowed them to maybe recoup money that they had to put into their business to keep it open, or allowed them to expand their business, hire more people, serve more customers. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's a series of amazing stories. And uh, that's that's why we're really excited to be able to help people doing this.
0: Awesome. Well, Bob, Perfect. thank you so much for joining us for part two. We learned a ton of information. If people would like to get a hold of you, how can they get a hold of you?
2: Two ways are best. Uh, first one is go to our website, www-accountingstl.com, or you can email us at lockbox, L-O-C-K-B-O-X, at accountingstl.com. Those are the two best ways.
0: Sounds great. Well, I really appreciate you coming. Uh, Great, great to see you again. I hope everybody learned some great things. Make some comments, ask questions, and we will see you next week. Peace.